Alright everyone, welcome along to another episode of Martin's World. Guys, before I get into introducing today's guest, just to remind you that if you want to support the show, support Fight for Cannabis Legalization in Ireland, you can sign up to the patreon.com forward slash martinsworld, or you can also make donations in the form of Bitcoin through the link found on martinsworld.ie. Um, so guys, uh, today's guest, or just to remind you guys, all of the funds there will be used to, to set up and establish a cannabis activist hub here in Cork City. So on with the guest then. Um, today's guest is John O'Regan. John O'Regan has been a guest before on the podcast. Um, he was a man who's tried to start up a cannabis a cannabis political party in Ireland, um, Ireland's Cannabis Party. Um, but sadly, it hasn't come into fruition, but it has evolved into the Cannabis Activist Alliance. Um, so John comes to join me today to, to tell me a little bit about that, but uh, also about the fact that he's gotten another couple of uh, court summonses um, because of cannabis charges. Um, two of those uh, are coming, are six raids in total coming from two six cases in total coming from two raids um so john is going to tell us a little bit about that in the coming interview so guys uh sit back roll them up get blessed and enjoy um john regan welcome along to uh, another interview on martin's world it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on as uh, as the first second time guest actually i believe um so it, it is great to catch up why i wanted to catch I, I up it, what's that I said back by popular request, obviously. Oh, back by popular request, actually. Uh, that, that's true. Uh, you definitely topped uh, a viewership uh, kind of count there um, yes. within a certain time frame. Like normally I'd be watching the views and letting out a podcast. Uh, and uh, I think I got like uh, over a thousand views on your own podcast yeah, within like 48 hours or something or for 24 hours maybe of, uh, of releasing it. So it was really good. It was good to see that. And that was just on YouTube. There was another couple of hundred over on uh on mm-hmm. Spotify and things like that, um. So it did. It was certainly well received. Uh, I think maybe the title of it, like uh, Irish Cannabis Hunger yeah. Strike, or I believe it was uh, something along the, the rings of uh, of it that time. Um. But but since uh, our our last encounter where we were above in in his court, uh, and that video is up on, online for people to kind of go back and watch if they, if they haven't seen it already. But we were there because you were up in court for uh, personal cannabis possession and cultivation of cannabis. Um, and that case got, uh, you know, you got a, a, a 700 euro fine, I believe. Uh, tell me again what, what you got in that case. He's like, forgotten until you mentioned it. Don't it? Well, yeah, of course <laughs> it is. Yeah, sure. There's no need to send me another letter. I mean, uh, I don't want to be tempting fate, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean I, as I said, I, it wasn't until I was actually in court that day and I was in the witness box and the judge turned around and he said, Ash, you're, you're comfortable enough to wear And I turned around and said, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I mean, he I, he didn't know that I was possibly going on a hunger strike if I was going to prison. And the the Garda who was prosecuting me, and, you know, I mean, I, I didn't want to say anything because I thought it was unfair to, you can't blackmail the court. You can't just yeah. say, send me to prison and you're, you're that's a death sentence, judge. You know what I mean? That's, I don't think uh, that's appropriate. Um, well, I might change my mind, but at the same time, I, at, the, at, at that stage, I didn't think it was appropriate to be put in a, to trying to force the court, I thought they should be able to come up with a you know as a good decision as they could. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, as I said, I, I um, I, I think I got seven hundred fifty euro fine for and and another two two hundred or something or I can't remember to be honest. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it might have been five hundred for the cultivation and two hundred for the possession or something, wasn't it? Something along those or two fifty yeah, well, for the possession. You remember better than I can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, something along those lines. I can remember chatting about it anyway. 
But uh, uh, you got two convictions then as well, uh, along with that cultivation and possession too, with, with those fines. Uh, so, so since then, you've uh, received uh, not one, but like six more charges for possession and cultivation of cannabis and also psilocybin mushrooms, yeah? <laughs> those are a searchable three years ago when I had about five or six, five, I'd say five or six um, uh, mushrooms that I found and I was going to leave them until I go out for another, next day I'd go out and yeah. I'd find a few more. And uh, but I didn't, so I just left the five mushrooms sitting in this tiny, tiny little bag. You know, I mean that, uh, that I'd, I'd left, I'd left in the in a drawer, and they found it, and they thought that's mushrooms. That was psilocybin. So, so on, so on the twenty third of February, I'll be up for that. Started three years ago. There's psilocybin cultivation possession, and they're charging me dealing again. Even though yeah. I mean they just, <laughs> I think they charge them for dealing. Um, regardless, if the, if you do what I do and you. Just don't mm-hmm. speak to them. You don't. You don't answer anything. You just say it's silent and that's yeah. respectfully silent. You don't just go silent. You know, I don't make a joke of <laughs> it or anything. Uh, how how many plants was it that they caught you with that? Thing? I don't. A foggiest. You know, I was thinking at one stage of writing in a freedom of information request to the guards <laughs> to find out all of the times that I was searched so that I know what it's about because I'm not joking you. The charge coming up this February. I'm not sure which search it refers to. I mean, I've been searched yeah. so many times. I thought I'd been searched a lot. I thought I was one of these. I mean, I subsequently found out that there was a guy in um, Killarney who was on a Zoom meeting with, and uh, he was nearly laughing when he heard me complaining about my six arrests. And he said he's about 46 arrests. <laughs> so, like, um, so, I've, I, 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 so I'll have those four charges relating, relating to that arrest in our search in, in 2018. And on, and on the same day, then there's another uh, charge coming in for, from another search, and, and they're charging me. With, I think it's deal. I have it up there. I can check it out some other time. But like, they're charging me with dealing. I mean, I, I'm, 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 people out there that have never been charged might find this a bit odd. Like, but I mean, when you've been searched so many bloody times and, and have so many different charges up against you, trying to keep it all straight in your mind. I mean, sometimes you think, oh, should they search me the gun? That's all forgotten about and you kind of forget about it. It's yourself, like, so, like... You uh, just want to forget about it, really, isn't it? Like, it's it's something you don't actively want to remember. (laughs) I mean, it actually would be mentally bad for your health to have... I mean, if you were to go around this uh, information in your brain the whole time, you've got to be worried about this all, got to get that prepared. It's, It's no way to live, like, to have to... No, I mean, to have, the, to have the police as a permanent fixture in your life. I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, there, there have been more Gardaí in my flat than friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've had more Gardaí have been inside my flat than any amount of people I've met right, since in the five years I've moved to Kilkee. I mean, there's, there must have been Jeez, 20, man. 25 Gardaí at least. I mean, more at this stage that have been yeah. to my place, first my flat. And, and when, was the last, when was the last time they actually uh, paid you a visit? Jeez, was it last? I don't know. I'm, I'm not certain. You're not certain. Again, so it, it, could you potentially have more mm-hmm. cases coming after these? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, that yeah, you've forgotten about. <laughs> did I, did I, that's why I was going to put the freedom of information request in to yeah. Gardaí. I know, but you can't put in. You can put in a freedom of information request to the guards for certain things and finding out details of cases and but, you know how many times your pulse has been activators you know how many times you've been looked up you can't i don't think that information is is readily available to the public i know it might be i don't know i might be i'm only saying something that might be true now i mean yeah i, I think said, you can definitely 
get get the information they they hold on the pulse system uh, about you as as long as it's like uh, I don't know what what it is is maybe it's like an active investigation or something, um. But you, I definitely think you can uh, request uh, um what what information that they're holding uh, and about you um in their systems. Uh, so it's certainly something to to be looked into. Um, for sure, but maybe uh, if the case hasn't been to court or, or something and, and it's not finished, maybe they, they can't. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure like that. That all flies over my head. I know nothing about the, the free. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of actually this time going for a solicitor and asking him to explain to me, you know, if he can find out all of this stuff. Like, and another <clears> good handy thing for having a solicitor would be that I'd be able to, I'd be able to have a, I'd be able to give him a bunch of, let's say, ask him to contact people like yourself and say, listen, John has been has after getting six months and he's on hunger strike day one starts he's on it right now you know what I mean so yeah. I mean whereas if I was if I've no solicitor I, I'd get straight from the courtroom into the back of a van and I'm gone and nobody has a clue you know I just, it just they just don't see posts for a couple of weeks no geez what happened to John I don't know yeah I mean, but uh, so I mean a solicitor would be handy to have there to say I've got a few letters for you that I want you to hang on to give them back to me if I don't get sent off to yeah, prison. So, um, that, that would be handy to have a sister there for that. Like, so I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I, would you qualify for free legal aid yourself? Well, I, I get the free legal aid. I mean, you know, I mean, you would oh, well, yeah. go into court and you get um, um, once you plead, you, you at some point when you're pleading guilty or not guilty, the judge will ask you, Do you have any representation? And we say, No, then do you want representation? Yeah. And uh, well, I, I believe you asked me that before just, uh, you even enter a plea. Um, but he asked you that question. At least I've been asked before I entered a plea. Um, I, I would kind of oh, stand up, here yeah. I am, and he would say, "Oh, where's your solicitor? Do you want a solicitor appointed here?" And then that—that's kind of how it would go. Um, away before you would get to the, yeah, to the yeah. plea, um, part of the court case. Um, so yeah, it would be worthwhile figuring out who the solicitor is in the the local court. That would be most uh, favourable to approach. That would be. Well, it, yeah. it, it's pure pot luck. I mean, it's just who's in court on in, in court on that day that like you pick up. If there's, but down in court we've uh, old Frankie Bottomer. You can give him a phone call, and uh, you'll be sure when when he shows up in court that he'll get free legal aid for you. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it's like it's all the same all over the world. If you've got if you've got a lot of money, you can. Yeah. But did you not have any known like well known uh, solicitor up there in uh, where are you up now? By Ennis again, is it? Um, like, yeah. is there no Frank Bottomer of Venice? <laughs> Not that I've seen. I've yeah. seen no. I've been in court. Who, who's the local that represents all the the, the young fellows gone up for drugs uh, possession and dealing? Like, surely there's some well-known solicitor. There's not. I don't think there's, there's no popular kind of person which everybody kind of wants to get that I know of. Yeah, it, it's generally you know there's there's none of them that would be particularly uh, knowledgeable or or interested that I can tell, you know, there it's the same. I get the exact same every single time I've asked for a sister and got one, they give me the exact same advice, plead guilty, and then we, I'll yeah. put forward your circumstances. Yeah, well, well that, that's exactly what, uh, how Frankie Bottomer does as well. Um, he, he, time is money and he wants you in and out of that office, just tell him you're guilty and uh, that, that's all he wants to, to know about, about your personal yeah. drug possession charges now I'm speaking about. Because um, that's the only time I've ever had to deal with him. Um, but but there was even a funny that he had a meme going around about him because he's so well known. And it's like, my, your, your honor, my my, my uh, client may be a scumbag, he may be a liar, he may be a thief, but he's a good man. <laughs> you know, that's like the meanest. It's like, oh, very good line. Um, because he's he's a top class man. Oh, man. He loves to be glad. Uh, sorry, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. be picking on him too much, actually. I'm fucking giving him a harsh time. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, I mean, you can pick, you can find. 
the most dirtiest, horriblest person in the world just good in them, and even in the nicest, most kindest person in the world just bad in them. Like, yeah, I mean, that's right, yeah. We're all mix of the both of the two, yeah. and you know, I mean, we try to guide ourselves to not to take advantage and not be the bastards we can be. <laughs> I mean, can, can I ask? Um, can I ask, Jana, how do you feel about the uh, the, the upcoming dates uh, in court? Uh, so your your first is in February, and then you have a second in April. Yeah, um, how are you feeling? Are you worried at all? Um, well, as as I think you probably gathered so far, I'm not exactly laser focused on it. I'm not thinking yeah. about it that. Often. I mean, I, I I just do a small bit now and again. Like I, I sent off an email a couple of days ago to ask for uh, Judge Durkin uh, his address, his postal address, or email address. I would prefer the email because I I have to get a letter printed out now or, or handwrite it or something like that. But I'm, I'm I'm I have an idea, a few ideas for things I'd like to write to him about. Um, for instance, the uh, the I was very interested in, in reading about uh, the basis for finding out what's the basis for the war on drugs and i found this 1955 who report which came out six years i mean it was it's the fun one of the fundamental documents for the war on drugs it's built on this thing and it it's excrementally ridiculous it is on incredible the stuff that was put forward as scientific opinion in 1955 that underpins the 1961 un convention is the greatest load of bollocks you ever. They talk about cannabis leading to murder. I mean, if you read that document and you took it seriously in 1956, 57, 1961, UN General Convention, you would have said, well, Jesus, we have to outlaw cannabis because look what it does. In Egypt, there's people being murdered. There's people just because they're, they get the munchies, you know, they, because they were so hungry after eating cannabis that they'd, they'd murder somebody to get food, you know. That's the, yeah. It was presented in a way, so I mean, um, I'm thinking of writing to the judge and saying to him and 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 coming. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about all kinds of things and I'll I'll eventually settle on something. Yeah. I can go the. I, I might. I sh maybe I should go the purely legal route and try to write as legalistic a, a letter as possible. And a legalistic mm. letter could go on for ten pages. Like I mean, if it's, yeah. you know, well, I mean, so well, have you um, or, or to write? Oh, oh, sorry, go on, go on, John. Well, it was the, well the other. Uh, the, I mean. That's one thing I can do, but and then there's I can go on the more um, human humanistic point of view. You know mm -hmm. that that it's uh, you know that this is a, a human right that that's being uh, yeah. that's being turned on its head, like and we yeah, have to ask legal kind of argument you'll be framing there really that they're violating uh, your human rights, which is kind of a law. Your, your argument uh, legally, but even common in. sense. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, any, every guard knows that if he's coming across. Raiding a house when all the people inside are smoking cannabis, he'll have no big deal. It'll be yeah, no it's easy. If you're going into a house where they're all liquored up to the gills, Jesus, you want you want to be damn careful. All you, you look at somebody the wrong way and bang, you next yeah, thing. Yeah, they want a team like almost the riot squad to be going into to that kind of a premises. <laughs> like, yeah, well, obviously well, they don't be the do break house parties. Like, but yeah. I mean. I mean they're going in where there's a lot of liquor involved. It's a, if, if they, yeah. I mean, they know themselves if they, if they meet if they meet four or five lads smoking a joint, or they meet a bunch of lads drinking beer. There's a different level of risk involved, for the, and the guardian know this. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so common sense will tell you Big that. If, I mean, that 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 cannabis is not that dangerous, and yeah. so. And can, can, I, can I can I ask on kind of um, the, the points of uh, what what you could do? Um, you you're aware of Guy Coxall. Uh, I see your uh, friends from there earlier asked you to get in touch with them for me. But um, you've seen the argument uh, that he put forward. He, he asked uh, three kind of uh, simple uh, questions uh, before his court case started. Um, one of them being like the justification for the, the Misuse of Drugs Act uh, in the UK. 
and um, he he wasn't able to, to be furnished with any answers. Uh, so so the court case was kind of dismissed until uh, I think he's going to go back uh, again at a later date. Uh, I don't think he's won that case just yet. But it's interesting. He, he's challenged him on something similar to what you're saying here. Um, like the evidence used for justifying the, that making cannabis illegal, putting prohibition in place. Um, what is it? What is the, the justification? What is the evidence used? And uh, he asked the, the court to provide that evidence and they were unable to do so. So the, the, the court case didn't go ahead um, on, on kind of that point of law, really, like uh, the justification. Say, say that again. It's an interesting idea. Uh, the only thing is that you need to be aware that the courts, they live and die. They, their bread and butter is a, a system. They, and like, it's mm-hmm. not like a judge can go and say, this is the way I want to do things. All right, I, mean, I don't care what the judge does down the road. This is the way I'm going to... Judges have a, have a... There's a procedure that my internet connection is unstable. Hold on yeah. a second. It goes the way here. <laughs> uh, there's a procedure. So if there's a procedure in British courts whereby you can bring up this point, mm-hmm. then you can validly bring it up and the judge has to listen to it, then, yeah, then it, it worked for Guy Coxall. I don't know of any similar... The only possibility that, that I've heard that... that uh, might be a possibility is is that you could ask the judge that he not take that he refuse jurisdiction in the case that the case is uh, for again you'd have to have it well thought out what's what, what's the reason for him refusing jurisdiction uh, I don't know I because I, I've heard it in every court court case that the first thing that happens is he asks the judge for 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 does he accept jurisdiction in the That's case right, yeah and once or twice I've seen the judge look over at me kind of give me look out the corner of his eye and look back you know i mean he's not he's not going to tell me how to, to behave in court you know what to say mm-hmm. when to say it i mean it's it, uh, but, but I, I, always, yeah. I, I always thought that part so of the like, jurisdiction was to accept whether it was uh for his case a court to decide the, the outcome of your case um like in certain cases the the value of uh, the drug seized might uh yeah, yeah. need for your case to be seen at a higher court um, and at that point then yeah, the judge yeah. will say look I, I refuse to accept jurisdiction i'm going to sign this actually to the circuit court rather than the district court um mm-hmm. I, I i'm not too sure like what you're saying is that uh, he could just refuse jurisdiction on it and leave it for an i don't know because I, I think they can only refuse pre- to send it upwards if if that's what your outcome I think, is you're I think hoping you're, i think you're right there yeah i i, I think you're right i, I could be wrong uh, though as well uh, i don't really know the law well, yeah <laughs> Here we are, two guys talking legal issues, and neither of a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, only experience is, is going on. at the end going of the Well, it's been going on for all over the world for the last 60 years, like the people like mm-hmm. ourselves that, that don't know the law. I mean, I saw this great video one time of a guy in New York, he, uh, a big black guy, and uh, he had his phone out and he was videoing the police doing what they were doing. And the police came over to him, they wanted his video, they wanted his, his phone, and he said he wouldn't yeah. give it to them. And then he kept, then he started walking away, and they started walking after him. And he said, "Am I free to go?" And they said, "Well, if I'm not free to go, then what am, what am I being arrested for?" He, yeah. he had all the jargon. He knew exactly what to say to them. And I'm, I mean, if it was you or me, and with those cops around us, they were looking for our phone. Eventually, they, they would have they'd have got it. I mean, they'd have. Well, the guards in Ireland, like as soon as you say no, they're going to use force on you. Nearly, uh, that that that's at least that's my oh, experience. Yeah. Well, I was spear tackled onto the onto the onto the ground, like me me neck like that bent onto the ground, oh, and I was complaining man. to GSOC about this way of being treated, and I was resisting arrest. So, <laughs> sorry, lad. Yeah, I yeah. know you were resisting arrest, so 
And the there was a guy actually saw the whole thing. He was and he, up, up the road and he was bursting his arse laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is a joke. Like, yeah. I would look at him the next day then and he was, oh, geez, he was head, head was down. Like, this, he didn't want to know who I was. And, he was <laughs> and I said, like, you saw what happened. You didn't saw and, and you know, oh, I mean, I've seen you in person. I've been with you in person, though. Like, I, I, I wouldn't give you more than, I don't know, say 70 kilos there, thereabouts. Like, that it wouldn't be too hard for a guard to, to pick you up and do damage really to like very, that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 barbaric, really, that they, they could do such a thing. Like, well, there, there, there's, I mean, people don't, most people wouldn't realize this, but there are some guardy that are. They're not all there, you know. I mean, I yeah, know they're yeah, all no, there. I agree with you. In the, in the, I mean, this guy was actually he was trying to put his pressure points on me to to to, to hurt me to get me to cooperate, and he wasn't whatever way. Yeah, but were you actually doing resisting? He wasn't able to. Uh, I was. No, well, no, I was just standing there. I mean, yeah, I refused to go to the car. That. He said he didn't go to the car, and I just stood there. I mean, I thought they had to actually. Uh, there's a technique that they use in America where they call it go limp. You know, you have to, they yeah. have to then carry you. It takes two or three of them to actually get you over there. It's yeah, not that's just, right. Yeah. Oh, take you by the shoulder, like a school boy or something. Like they have to. So I just stood there. And because I stood there and didn't take his direction to the car, he then had his hands in him. I mean, it was kind of yeah. <laughs> closest to being touched up that I've had in a long time. Very unpleasant. You like, and, I mean, head actually, like you're liable to, to kill him. That's like almost attempted murder. Like it's. It's definitely excessive well, it, force when, when, in terms of resisting arrest, what the man wouldn't, wouldn't follow my order to walk. <laughs> when he eventually got me into the car like, and hacked up behind there, I mean, I was fucking raging. Got back, back to, the, to the cop shop and I, there was one, two, three, uh, there was at least five, one, two, three, yeah, at least five. And then a six popped in at one stage interviewing me inside in the station. What, what do they find? A bag of rubbish. It's illegal. You're not supposed to do it. There's a ba- I had a bag of rubbish and I was going to a small little plastic bag. I was going to put into one of the rubbish bins, you know, one of the public yeah. rubbish bins. And uh, they thought, so, I mean, that's all they had, a bag of rubbish. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they were they searching. They probably taught you a big bag of mushrooms. <laughs> in, and there was five, one, there was actually one guy came along one stage and said, listen, that's, but, but the, the, I mean, the guy that, that arrested me said, but he looked at me the way, you know, he looked at me like he was, there was something, he was doing something. Yeah. And he said, man, that the guy that arrested me previous, previously said, the reason he looks like that is because you keep arresting him. <laughs> keep arresting him. <laughs> That's why he looks like that, you know I mean? Yeah. Which is true. Like, I mean, the time I got arrested there a couple of days after Christmas, uh, year before last, I, um, I, I saw coming down the road and I said, oh, Jesus Christ, no, not the fucking cops again. Yeah. It's Christmas week, fuck off. And uh, of course, they, they just, oh, they don't know what's going on away. They just see a guy who's obviously very upset That's to be seeing Gardy. So they, 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 they just assume I've got something like so. I mean, out the car, into the bloody station again. I mean, arrested three days after Christmas Day. That's got to be, for being in a good mood, you know, I mean, for, for just being in a kind of, yeah. I was in great form until I saw cops going under, you know, I mean, three days after Christmas Day. It's the one day in the entire year when I go over and do my shopping in Kilrush where I can, where I don't have to collect my doll like a normal person. I can just go on the bus <laughs> and walk around. And have you be been up for that charge yet? So is that the one you were up for last? Or have you been uh, up for that yet? Yeah. I, I mean, did I, oh, did I get charged? Oh, yeah. Oh, that actually, yeah, that was... Another conviction, I was actually charged with public order. I mean, it turns out, I mean, I was remaining silent, but I mean, at one stage they asked me, they said you're under arrest yeah. uh, for Section 20, and uh, will you give me your name? And if I had remained silent, that would have been okay. But because I said, no, she's not giving you my name, yeah. that's an offence. 
if you're arrested under Section 20, you have to give your name. If you don't, you're that's an offence. Yeah. So I was charged with not giving, uh, uh, not giving my name. Public or Section 20 public order or 24, I think it was. Don't ask me. They changed it around one stage of Section 20, then it was 24, and then it was back to 20 again. So I've no clue. Uh, but um, what do they do? They charged me with that. I mean, the I, I got this guy who's a young man. I thought this is a guy who will, you know, rep- represent me. He, he understands that drugs aren't as dangerous. Yeah. And, he'll plead my case properly and he, he said just plead guilty and then I'll, I'll, I'll say what I'll say to the judge and so we did anyway I pled guilty and then your man was just about to say something to me he said well judge and judge that's it that's it pardon up pled guilty not listening to any more that's it yeah. refused to listen to the word one he, nothing about it after Christmas day I mean, just being in good form and, and, and none of that at all nothing happened and the judge said drugs <clears throat> that's all he said just one word I was no drugs and, 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 you know, he always been stopped for drugs. That was as far as he was concerned. And that was yeah. it. It was all to do with drugs. So he just gave me, he gave me a, he sentenced me to three months community service. And then the core clerk pop, pops up and said, sorry, George, you can't sentence somebody to community service. <laughs> and he's, oh, yeah, I'm sentencing you to three months uh, in prison. And uh, in view of this three months, you get, uh, you're sentenced to probation for three months. And, you know, so, I mean, it was, it's a, it was a farce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why people could, you know, I mean, if, in the history of the drug wars I've written, I don't, I'll get much, but I won't get a footnote around them. But I mean, there's like, I mean, the, the, the ridiculous things that go on because cannabis is, a, yeah. I mean, it's bananas. I said that to one reporter, you the court reporter reported this, you can, you can find it online that uh, that uh, John Regan or whatever way they call me, uh, calls a whole situation bananas and ridiculous. That, uh, I forget, there's some other word they use but it, it was made for a good headline you know that yeah. bananas calling the whole thing <laughs> i mean it because being as i started smoking cannabis when i was like 20 over in holland and jesus like same as having a pint you know and what's the big deal and uh and coming back to ireland then and finding out you're the <laughs> danger to society you know the, <laughs> Well, the the real danger to society is the fucking prohibition. It's, it's, it's the prohibition yeah, yeah. that causes the, the gangsters and, and all of that nasty stuff that, that goes with um, so yeah. cannabis, like the, the, the stories that would be covering on 420 News where you're you're finding cannabis grow houses with guns and stuff inside them. Um, the, this sort of thing shouldn't be happening at all. There shouldn't be cannabis and guns in, in any stories unless the guns are legal and uh, registered and all of that's kind of carry on. But what it seems like all of the cannabis and guns in Ireland, it's it's to do with crime and organized crime. And and that, that's not good. And it's all because of prohibition. And prohibition is dragging you to court now. But you're currently, uh, remind me again, you're doing a, a master's course in uh, NUIG, is that right? On sustainability, is it? No, it's an agricultural innovation. Agricultural we innovation. We were up, when we were in the court, Dennis, that day, I remember yeah. one of the, uh, I talked to one of the, one of the guards there, and uh, I mentioned him that I'm doing a course in agricultural innovation. He turned around to me, oh, I'm doing yeah. a master's course. Then I told but then I said, when he asked me in what, I said, in agricultural innovation. Big smile up, and he's going, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Yeah, yeah. But like it's it's um I was I did my best as I was as we were chatting before the show that I, I'm trying to do. My, I didn't want to get involved in the medicinal side of, of cannabis because it's just it, it's flipping, it's heartbreakingly horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's only so many horror stories that yeah. you can listen to. What's well, brought me to tears on the show a couple of times? Uh, oh, yeah. it really has brought me to tears. I mean, for, for most people, you kind of when you're out there, and you know, legalization is a is a factor that you'd like to see happen, and they're not that heavily involved. 
But when you do get more involved, like the two of us are, then this become it becomes a daily thing. I mean, you read about stuff day after day after day of some other person or some other family or some other yeah. child or some other person who's going through heartbreaking stuff and all that's required for them to be able to live their lives as like the rest of us do is just to be able to have this chemical or this plant, this little piece of it. I mean, and, and they don't, I mean, there's, there's, I heard that there was a guy on, on, on um, what was it, on the Joe Duffy show. And um, I mean, he said he put a little bit of cannabis and he mixed it in with butter, I think. And Sorry. I mean, I think he had a spoon a day or something like that. And he was able to have a normal afternoon. Okay, yeah. he was still, you know, he wasn't cured or anything like he was still, you know, I mean, he still felt it, but I mean, he was able to, so to function and, and, and quality of life improved with, with yeah. access to cannabis. Big time, big yeah. time. Like that, that story in, was a, a man who was growing one plant. It was a Charlotte's yeah. Web plant, which wasn't even a, a higher THC. It was like a, about a 1% THC, if, uh, if memory serves correct. So, and that one plant would have provided him a year's worth of cannabis medicine. Our yeah. cops came and took that, destroyed it. And uh, what he was saying is that uh, it was the pain medication. He reduced his reliance on the pain medication and uh, he, he was given a better quality of life. He was able to engage in activities more. Um, he was less lethargic and things like that because of like uh, the, the kind of the sedative nature of the opiate kind of based drugs that he was taking. Um, cannabis just fitted much better. And he, he, he's cr- being criminalized here now in Ireland because of that. Um, nobody's found out who he was actually he remained anonymous uh, on that interview on Joe Duffy that day Gars probably know exactly who he was what like Gars know who he was yeah yeah and whoever ratted him knew who he was <laughs> yeah but I mean he had to spend his Christmas I mean he was he had a nice Christmas to look forward to he did, he did mm-hmm. a nice bit of cannabis there to keep him going for the whole year and gone yeah he's Christmas day I don't even Hopefully, some kind soul, just our Santa. I think uh, if Santa called, called over to him and drop a little baggie for Christmas or something. <laughs> hopefully, some. If Santa didn't didn't yeah. call to him, hopefully, some. Well, well you can probably relate somewhat uh, to that. I, I suppose not on the medical side of it, but um, in one of the raids, you, you were telling me you you had just gone out and uh, picked up a, a jar of uh, cannabis that you'd hidden out uh, wherever you might hide your cannabis outside of the house and. Uh, it, the, the guards came not long after that then and raided you and took away, what was it, 100 grams of cannabis? And they're now trying to do you for dealing then for that. Like, yeah. how did that feel for you after the guards left and you're sitting there jarless? No, no bud, like, oh, what's that like? Do you know something? I wasn't that bothered. I'm not joking. Really? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you now. And I'm going to say, I, I mean, not having cannabis is not a big deal, really. No, but it's, it's, it's not having to not having it, cannabis. It's it's having it taken from you. Um, well, yeah, that, that I mean, when I thought what bothered me was the amount of work and effort that went into producing that is just going to be it's going to be thrown in a chimney. Uh, exactly. Thrown, that, that's that's, a, that's hard work gone into to produce a good product. I mean, that, that it's one of these things that I, 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 I've been through a lot in my life. And I, I mean, I have to tell all my horror stories. Yeah. You'd be but did your heart not break a little bit? <laughs> but, like, one of, but one of the things that I've learned over life is waste is, once you've wasted it, that's it. If you if you if Friday night comes around and you don't go out there and boogie and dance and have a great time and get off at somebody, yeah. that Friday night is gone. It's over <laughs> forever. You yeah. know, I mean can't waste i mean like you know i mean the dead poet societies sees yeah. the day i mean i'm not suggesting people get up in the morning like mary poppins and go oh what 
Triple A, woo You know, I mean, because we're, we're human beings, we get, you know, I mean, we, we can't live like that. Or some people can, you know, but like, um, so I mean, but I mean, you re- waste is just something that, that bugs the hell out of me, that, that anything to be wasted, you know, I mean, something good to be wasted, you know, that I, I go to time and okay, I, you know, I mean, it's 100 grams out of a, maybe half of what I actually ended up from that particular crop, like, but it, 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 what bothered me was the waste that I that 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 had made all this put all this work into it and got nothing from it, um. But apart from that, you know, not having I compare what I went what I have to go lose. I felt that I had a better contribution to make that way. I uh, if if I got involved sorry, with this, not, John, I, I just lost you for the last uh, two minutes there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I was saying that I was saying that I didn't want to get involved with this because I thought it would quite rightly come across as being opportunistic that I was hopping right. on the medicinal bandwagon just to get recreation in some way down the track. So th- even though that wasn't in my mind, I I, I, I kind of, it just suited me better. I, I mean, you have to do yeah. it to suit you. I mean, you can, there's no point doing things that don't suit you. Yeah, so definitely. Like, so so there's that, that's when you kind of drove on the, the, the cannabis activist uh, alliance kind of came from that. Well, I, I, know, fair, I know it wasn't yeah, something you set out to do. No, that no, that's, that's what I was just about to say. Right. It was the cannabis uh, party, as it so already right, says, on and, and your hat. Um, yeah, you kind of, that. And, it, it evolved, uh, yeah. Yeah. But what I could always come back to it, I, I seen the, the Green Party there last, uh, another member of, uh, of their party yesterday, I think his name was uh, Peter Kavanagh, uh, councillor, um, but he stepped away from the Green Party. So certainly Ireland could do with another uh, political party. Um, I, I don't know about it coming in the form of a, of a cannabis party, but it certainly would be a party that will be adopting cannabis policy as part of its, uh, of its thing. Um, so yeah, there's definitely opportunities there because uh, some of these Green Party members that have been stepping away uh, have a lot of experience, but uh, are probably interested in cannabis reform too. So who, who knows what, what what might happen there with that? Um, but but the Cannabis Activist Alliance then has uh, kind of, like the, the party has pivoted into that now. Um, but you yeah. then you've you've had to step away yourself because of um, of your own. Uh, commitments to your course yeah that, that's right so um maybe if, uh, if you if you wanted to, to talk a little bit about the cannabis activist the uh, alliance there and uh and what the group is doing and uh maybe give a shout out for new members as well <laughs> there's a I, I, I don't know how big it, when i when i when i started out there was like 13 or 14 it went up to about 55 i don't know how many are there but there's not, you know, it's not a lot of these groups you get people they get added to the group and they're they, they know they're added and they say that's fine you know, but they don't they're, they're not active, they don't they're not active and this is supposed yeah. to be an activist alliance you know so and mm-hmm. um, i mean it started out there was um there was a very young man uh evan Pereira. he 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 he's he, he wanted to organize a provisional organizing committee for ireland's cannabis party and i said great i'll join he, he, uh, he was part of the group or part of register of ireland's cannabis party and um we formed this thing, provisional uh, uh, organizing committee to, to organize the national conference. That's what that's what it started out as. And then Evan decided, you know, we, there was a pile of people got involved in that. And then Evan started a poll. Do you want to be a, a um, political party? Do you want to be involved in that? Or do you want to do activism? And out of 35 people, I think more than half, well, say, I think it was like 20 people voted and about 17 voted for activism. So that was yeah. that. I mean, then it got renamed Cannabis Activist Alliance. Evan wasn't interested anymore. I think he wanted to do a political party. So he decided to, to head off. But like there's, um, 
there's a core group of people there like meeting every Tuesday, every Tuesday night for, I think it's two hours. It probably is uh, still two hours. It was two hours when I was there for the first four weeks. And uh, there's a mighty amount of stuff, you know, passing backward and forward. There's, there's lots of, there's, there's good, it's good to, how would I describe it? There's a bit of a chat, you know, it can be very chatty for the second hour, but for the first hour, there's a lot of things that we need to get done. And there's people, yeah. all it needs is, is people to get involved. I mean, there's, um, there's actually a proposal there that could legalize, you know, that could end the whole thing, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's, an act, there's, there's a proposal. So, I mean, if you, uh, there, there's a proposal to, to, I don't want to be saying about it, no, because it's not my idea. So I'll, but, I'll, I'll, but so, I mean, if, if people are really interested in legalizing cannabis in Ireland and they want to get involved with a group that are active and that are planning and are going to things ready for the 420, they're even one stage going to do a march for my court case. I mean, I do, I'm not asking for that, or you know, I prefer people to concentrate on other things like um, because I won't be doing anything for months anyway. I mean, I, my court case will just be guilty or not guilty, and I just be yeah. so, so the actual case won't be heard for another couple of months or six months, maybe. But like, so there's this going on now, there's people out there right now, and it's uh, there's a lot of little, little things that need doing, and when you add up, there's a a lot of little things there's a lot of, there can be a lot that needs mm. you know, a lot of work he's doing and i mean even if you were able to devote an hour or two a week even i mean that would be and if there was enough people joined and in a part of that group things could happen this year you know i mean with, with yeah. gino kenny's bill coming up and with the 420 if we can make that bigger and uh, get on the bloody news i mean i hate to say it like but on the people don't unless people see you on the rte 61 news it didn't happen. There's nothing happening, you know. Yeah. There, so I mean, it's it's that'll be if, if we if, if that group, if that group takes off, things could really happen this year. Mm. And with Gino Kenny's bill coming up, um, it'd be interesting to to see, like, say, with your own case, uh, like, all right, one is in February, the other is in April, um, and if Gino was the the submitties built the government uh, before then. It'd be interesting to see what you could do in your own case then to be kind of like, hey, judge, uh, there's a bill there before the government uh, that's going to see this kind of whole thing. Uh, can, can you just put off my case there until they sort that yeah, out? Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder, could you even make that argument now, knowing that Gino Kenny is going to be putting a bill forward? Hey, judge, can you put off my case there till next year or the year after? You know, can you ask my victim there? Do they object? I don't think my victim is going to object. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> So, like, yeah, I think there's uh, certainly room for argument. Uh, have, have you thought about that at all? Uh, has that crossed your mind? Uh, yeah, it's crossed my mind. You know that 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 you could say to the judge, "Listen, we're there's possibility that in six months' time I'd be sitting in, but or, or whatever. Just say you give me a prison sentence that I could yeah. be in prison, and and this thing is legalized. Wouldn't be much. Wouldn't it be in the core cause of justice? Wouldn't be justice yeah. be better served by not." Uh, hearing the case until the finally until the Irish uh, legislature have got have, have had a chance to to give their say on, on the matter yeah and what no need, there's no need to rush this thing like I mean I'm I, I could put that forward but you know I mean it's he might he might go for it I mean it'd be, it'd be I interesting, it, like, yeah. it'd be, it'd yeah, be well, more I, for a solicitor I suppose to, to try to argue that one on, on certain points maybe there's yeah, something yeah. there that a solicitor can do to actually get a case put back to a certain date uh, for whatever mm. reasons. You might tell you had to have a bug that day or something because of the whole coronavirus right now. Um, oh, yeah. so like if, if you were to have an old sniffle there that morning, maybe you might, might need to go for a coronavirus test. Um, that's another way of getting your case put off maybe for a bit longer if you wanted well, that. 
yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that at all. But like, there's a, <laughs> if, the, if, the, if, the, if I, 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 it's another good reason for getting a solicitor because I'd love, yeah. I'd like to. He, he'd be the person that would say, well, you know, that is, can you delay the case? Is there a reasonable? Yeah. Because like, the, I think judges in Irish courts as well, they can be a bit like um, the personality has a lot to do with. Um, even though there's the law, they're you know they they have their own peculiarities at what they will and won't listen to, and and there's nobody telling them how to do their job. There's no boss of the district court. I mean, there probably is some supervising or some vision of some kind, but like they're they're very independent. So I I I'd be yeah, well. I mean, things can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood, John. Jesus, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, Taking the bright side, I could just I I could actually hit on something that he. Because I, I I get the impression from Judge Durkin that he's actually would prefer nearly that I, that I would argue as as forcefully as I can in my own corner that that, that yeah. he he dis, he dislikes people kind of just folding in. I don't know though. I mean, he's yeah. Well, like that, I, I could kind of see why that might be as a, as a person who likes tie boxing myself. Um, there's there's no fun just punching a punching bag. It's good when. The punching bag's got arms and strong back, i.e. doing a bit of sparring, but another person who can fight you back. Uh, maybe the judges at times, they, they like a person who like snaps back at them a little bit so they can kind of, finally, I get to unleash my power now. I can, <laughs> I can oh, yeah. show this I fella know. my power. My, he better, like it, uh, that, that uh, picture of Eric Hartman's coming into my mind now. You better respect my authority, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you watch so Park, but... Uh... <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. Uh, um young woman one day inside in court and she was putting forward very good legal arguments and the judge went back and fair enough fair yeah. enough she's arguing absolutely perfectly he even mentioned that he how fantastic it was to hear somebody speaking like she was speaking yeah so i mean it's um it's yeah, i mean i, I don't like playing <laughs> that case, you know? i mean yeah. I, I, much, I mean i don't like i remember going up to Ennis courthouse one day and uh Judge Dorkin was in the foyer, sitting in the standing with. I could very easily have walked up to him and said, "Hello, Judge, how are you doing?" And you know, just do what any solicitor should work to assault would have done if he had an opportunity to have a chat with the judge and get on his good side. You know, I mean, have a kind of relationship there where, to an extent, where he isn't going to freak out and, and yeah. which is what he could do. You I mean if, if he if he doesn't know you at all? But, do, so I mean, do they even I don't have want to play What's that? Well, sorry. Do, do they even have a human side like these judges? Well, like, do they not just have it's their job? They leave their human side at, at home for their wife. Well, and kids. Was, <laughs> was it yourself or was it Natalie Regan? I can't remember who it was. Told me about no, it was Natalie Regan. I mean, when the interview that you did at her the last day, when I heard that, I said, This can't be true. This can't be right. There's a thing called Section 28 mm-hmm. where the judge can order that you be met, that you be taken into the care of the local health board. And the local health board decides then, do you need treatment? Do you need yeah. hospitalization? Whatever. It's nothing to do with the court. It's nothing to do anymore to do with the court or to do with the prisons. And that that thing has been on the books for taking ever. And yeah, since never the court, since and it's never, ever, not once been used. I mean, yeah. I, I thought this is absolute rubbish. And then I, 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 I mean, it's one of these things that there's people out there watching this that don't, that aren't into activism. If you're into activism, what you will do is what I did. And you will then go look up section 28 and read it. <laughs> Yeah. read every blipping bit of it and yeah. you go what like you know okay full disclosure I didn't read every line I mean you have to when you're reading these things read them as fast as you can because you know I mean you're talking this huge long document like, so yeah, when you get to the part where um, and, and legal documents repeat themselves then they come, there's a slight change and the whole thing just repeated again on yeah. this other thing so 
you'd be reading the same thing over and over again anyway half the time. So, no, so anyway. there's certainly as there, there's been that, that tool within the the instrument of the the, the misuse of drugs act. And uh, they haven't been using it at all. And, and that would have been much more beneficial than to the public health because it would have been given, I, I suppose, in certain regards, uh, we would have been able to, to draw the lines between who needs help and who doesn't because you would have had a lot of people then being referred to these clinics who the clinic or, or the therapist would have been turned around and said, hey, this person doesn't have an addiction, this person doesn't. And then maybe it would have been them who would have went back to the courts and say, hey, you keep sending us people who, who don't need our help. Um, these people have just been caught with something. This is a problem in our society because this is, is, is a problem. A lot of people who get caught with drugs, they're, they're not well, drug you know, addicts, but you're deemed a drug addict for getting caught with drugs a lot of the times by your courts. When you were, when you were talking there, it suddenly struck me, and I didn't, I didn't know why it didn't hit me before this. But like, do you know what else they'd have discovered if everybody, if all the cannabis smokers had all been sent off Section 28 instead of going to prison and getting fined? They'd have found people that actually did need help. Yeah, that's they true. People that actually do do have a problem. Yeah. They'd have found them instead yeah, of checking them off, getting them in a prison cell, and making them bloody worse. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think prison is the most to be good for mental health, is it? Like, yeah. no, you're, so you're dead right. I'm, I'm yeah. only ever seen it from my side. Yeah. Of that that aspect. So yeah, they, they, like, they, they would have found all those patients using it for yeah, things like chronic pain and stuff. You're dead they right. They would have known that it said we, we've got like. It's about one in a, it's about, is, is it 14 in a thousand or something like that? I think it's 0.14% of people that, that smoke cannabis that you can trace, the, you know, that, I, I don't know, I, 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 that's years ago I read this, so I don't want to be saying something now that isn't true, is right? So whatever small percentage there is of people that, 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 uh, that their, their condition is worsened by cannabis or triggered by cannabis or is made noticeable maybe by cannabis, as a symptom that you can tell, why is this person smoking? So why is it, why, I mean, there's some people and they have to have a smoke first thing in the morning. And they're not, so, I mean, there's, there's people there that, that they would have found, like, but um, as a, I don't know why I was saying that again, but like, it all comes back to what, what, a, what, what a, you were asking me there about, do they have any humanity? And I came up with this, as I said, I mean, I'd always had an idea that judges were kind of, you know, a, a bit on the far right side, but I mean, a bit on the far right there's an oxymoron isn't it but like um so yeah very far right like that's what i thought judges were like but um i never thought they were actually cruel or anything like i mean but when when they had this facility available since the year flipping it's been there since the start apparently that this um this section 28 where you can be putting the care of the health board the health board decides if you problem or not and what course of treatment is required and you're mandated to take that treatment then so i mean it's not all Flipping wine and roses, like so, they could mandate that you take such and such a thing, you know, that uh, whatever. I mean, I, I met a guy in Dublin one time who told me that he was mandated into things <coughs> and he could he, he he could never get high again, you know. He somebody passed him a joint and said, I can't, no, I can't, I get enough numbers to get a headache off. Like, that's the business. But he could have been undercover cop too, for all I know. <laughs> but uh, so as I, I mean, I'd never thought that that the that I'd never would have said that of judges that they were unnecessarily uh, um, harsh uh, or, or cruel to yeah. use the word and try not to to be, be cruel but when I saw that thing that actually Natalie is totally 100% dead on Natalie Regan dead, dead, dead yeah. right you know that, that, this, that they had this facility and it's never once been used never there, there have been there have been uh, uh, solicitors who have tried to plead that uh, and um, never once I mean in, in the four years that I've been getting summonses and been down in court and met different sisters, not one of them has ever one talked about Section 28. I didn't even know it existed until Natalie Regan mentioned it on, on your show. Yeah. So, 
tune into Martin's World. You learn. <laughs> you learn a few bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, Regan actually is going to be one of the the speakers next week. Uh, it'll be it's going to be a very interesting event. Uh, that's the event with Gino Kenny uh, next week. Um, oh, and yeah, on that actually, um, Gino Kenny is going to be putting a bill before the government, as as we're all aware. None of us really know what's going to be within that government. But knowing what we know about our current government, I suppose, like uh, right now, like on a scale of one to ten, how optimistic are you that that bill is going to succeed? <laughs> well, I, I think I'm just be honest. <laughs> be honest, no chance. Zero. Fall, I put it at the zero. Without being a fall and feeling gale behind it, unless unless yeah. there's some major, unless some some activist group out there gets hundreds of people to join them and get, and then there's some major league just, you know, disruption, maybe whatever get to has come up with, like, you know I mean? There, there's some activism where you have to disrupt another activism can be planting cannabis plants outside city hall too. <laughs> I mean, there's no, you know, as yeah. non-violent, non-violent gets like, so, I mean, there's like, uh, I mean, if there was a, it would take something big. It would take a shock to the system. It would take. Hold on a second. You mean there's like there's tens of thousands of people there that are not going to vote. That are going. That are just. I mean, for instance, if you got people that, that they're going to pledge to vote for people for a profit, you know. What I mean, if you got something like that. I mean, I I wrote to people for a profit saying to them, what do you think this idea of a hundred people joining on the day of Gina Kelly Kinney's bill is not passed, or the day after, then a hundred the day after that, and keep going until thousands and thousands. I mean that. How would you grab? I mean, obviously it'd be too late then. But so I mean, the, yeah. What, what needs to be done is something has to be has to grab their attention, the FFFG establishment, and say, "Hold on a second. Will we will we go along? Is there any way that they can go along with Gino Kenny without coming across as I don't know what is it the image that they're that they crafted and sculpted for themselves that they're trying to maintain that." Yeah, you know, that's you it. Can like trust us, and you know, kind of Kinnegal. We're the party of probity, and we look after your money for you. Like, so you can trust us, and you can, we'll, no matter what happens with your money, or 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 to be the, the sound lads when you come down to us to the clinic, and you need a, you need some hedge trimmed or something. You know, you, <laughs> a pothole filled or something. We, you can come down to us. So we're we're sound as a pound. Like we're not these people who are profit crazy dudes. They're going to taxi like to ninety percent and and try to make the communist world and all this rubbish like so i mean it, i don't know what 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 seismic events could occur i mean when you think about it it's only struck me the other day that we there would donald trump would have won his election if it wasn't for the coronavirus i reckon i'm not i mean i would love to see the statistics on it like there's some there's statistics there are st- statisticians out there who can make a fairly good estimate of how things wouldn't, wouldn't have gone if coronavirus hadn't happened. And I mean, when you, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, to keep that back, it took, it took something, a major, a world pandemic to ensure that we didn't have a madman in charge of the White House. <laughs> Again. I mean, what it would take to have, to shift in a fall in Fine Gael, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if there was going to be, if, if there was a chance that people for a profit, solid, or, or that people that were genuine about their uh, intention to legalize cannabis, if they thought this was such a huge issue, then they might. I mean, you might get at them from the medical side. You know, what I mean, I, I, I but, but, but I mean, there, I, I, yeah, there again, I, I, I definitely agree with you. There, there definitely needs to be a strong message sent 
Um, for me, I, I think I've made no secret out of it. Like I'm a big supporter of uh, of people movements uh, that get, get involved in civil disobedience and um, peaceful civil disobedience. Like when, when it comes to our drug of choice, uh, this plant, um, cannabis, um, like I have some hair in my grinder in front of me. Like there, there's nobody being harmed right now. So if if I was to walk into a Garda station, let's say, with even just a pinch out of this, and just do that every day for the next couple of months until Gino you know, Kenny's bill gets voted on and what have you, like that, that that would certainly send a message because uh, I know myself it's going to take the guards ages to bring me to court for any said crime. Um, but I would hope then that maybe we could uh, capture, you know, I don't know, the, the, the hearts of more people to kind of get involved in this kind of campaign. Like yourself, you know, you're, you're going to be up in court, but I understand with your own commitments to college, well, let's just say on, on your way home from college, if it was afforded to you, if, uh, let's say if we got sponsored by one of the CBD flower companies out there who too are being targeted by the same prohibition and they were yeah. willing to, to give you uh, a little baggie of civil disobedience and maybe we could even label it that and all, baggie of civil disobedience and it has a flower of cannabis in there, which is illegal. And you go in and you just present yourself to the guardie in order to, to get the cogs, the wheels engaged. And you get so many people in there. It's kind of like what, what the hackers do online. You're kind of DDoSing a thing and like you, you cause the system to crash effectively by just or bombarding it with, with people, people willing to, to engage in this form of civil disobedience, uh, which is so peaceful. Like I said, this is civil disobedience right now, flashing this grinder of cannabis. Like I'm, I'm, I smoked a bong a few seconds ago. That's all civil disobedience. That's all breaking a law. I'm doing it publicly. This is going to go out mm-hmm. to, to, to wide world onto the public sphere later. So it's all public civil disobedience. Um, but but online, it's only semi-effective. Actually going to the guards, actually engaging the system. That's that's where true activism is. Like I see so many keyboard warriors out there, like calling themselves activists. And don't get me wrong, you know, some of the, the message spreading online, it's very good. But that's like the, the low-hanging fruit of activism, being, being like a Twitter page, being an Instagram page and sharing memes and thoughtful posts. Like that, that's, that's easy to do. That's, that's the low-hanging fruit of activism. And it has its place. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Every piece of the puzzle is important. But the real yeah, activism is actually out there, like holding a placard on the street, walking along in a protest, um, you know, really getting out there and expressing your views, taking part in like radio interviews, TV interviews, different debates like uh, and volunteering volunteering with different organizations actually real world work um not just fucking tweeting about it so i don't know i, I want to try to capture all of these people out there who are engaged online and i want to get them to go down to their local garda station and take part in this national movement of civil disobedience behind you know kenny's bill because as you said you said to yourself like it's zero zero hope you have right now Where where would that be? Like, let's say if I I went down there to the guard station out later today and by next week we had 20 people going down every day and the week after that turned to to 50, let's say. Like, that that, that builds up because that one person, so by the end of week one, you have seven cases built for me if I went to one guard station every day. But say at the end of that week, I have 10 people joining me. Well, that's 70 in the second week. And we have 50 in that. Well, that's 350 in that third week when there's 50 people there. Like, you see how the numbers build up? Like, if I was to do it twice a day, three times a day? 
like I, I, I think that's our best way our, ourselves, the people on the street. Like, I think that's how we can best engage in this. Uh, I, I know it scares some people. But fuck, man. Like, if you've uh, already been arrested, what, what have you got to lose? Like, I mean, if you've already been arrested, then yeah, there, there, there's, there's a lot. Of, well, you were talking there about the low hanging fruit. I mean, there's, there's people online that support full as much as you and I support legalizing cannabis, they do as well, but they've got their lives to lead. And if their boss on their Facebook page that they were they they they'd liked this uh, or or posted this thing about cannabis, I mean, they're who knows what could happen to them. At the moment, they're Joe ordinary and Mary ordinary, and they're yeah. completely their boss and their their lives have no problem. They have their smoke. They might have a smoke maybe at a party once a year or twice a year kind of thing, or maybe three times a year or whatever length of time they do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> but they totally support cannabis. I mean, they, they just have such busy lives, you know, bringing up kids and things that they, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Or they're doing a master's degree, whatever. <laughs> You know, I'm doing both of those things, John. <laughs> Bringing up kids and a master's degree. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, you're, you're still a young man. You can do all kinds of things. But I mean, I can do all sorts of things. That's right. <laughs> there's people out there that, 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 that just don't want to be, a lot of people, I think, you know, there's, there's a huge, if, if, they, if they could safely come out, they would. But I mean, they're mm. asking them to, oh, what I, what I think, but I'm just going to put this out there as an idea. Like I, I worked out the arithmetic. I said, okay, I looked it up online. The Gardaí make two hundred thousand arrests every year. Okay. If they, if if they, if you're just talking about an extra thousand arrests or two thousand arrests, that's yeah. I mean, as Lisa, Lisa Simpson might say, me. Yeah, it's <laughs> not even a percent. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Two thousand. You know, we just stick them in a fucking drug, in a drawer in a file somewhere and get yeah. around to them eventually. Who cares? But if it's like, if it, if it gets up to, if you can get up to like 50,000 sounds like a huge number. When you break 50, that down, 1,000 a week, if you can get a couple of hundred people, a couple, if you can get a couple of hundred, I mean, 10 or 20, a couple of tens, 10, 20, 30. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's starting to make an impact. But if you can get a couple, if a couple of hundred people were, were said to themselves, listen, I've been arrested already, you know, my cover is blown. They know who I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you and there must be a couple of hundred people out there, I reckon, who'd be able to say, "Well, okay, if I can, if, you, if I can get out to my local hemp shop, they'll give me a a quarter of a bag. You know, they don't have to give me a whole gram or a whole bag, just a small little thing." And I go with, with your, as you say, this um, civil disobedience uh, uh, C- CBD flower. Yeah, and CBD baggie. <laughs> here I am, lads. Uh, another bit of civil disobedience. This is illegal. This is my possession, and uh, I'm here for you to arrest me. Yeah. And and um they're going to the evidence bags <laughs> but, but i was thinking i was thinking how it would work and you know what they could say they could say shag off they could say give us the canvas thing and shag off we're not going to do it thank you we're not going to waste time they could do that then but this is what they should be doing all along there's a way around that there's a way around i was trying to think how the civil disobedience work we have to work it out like i mean like you have to have an analytical brain and you know like work Every little detail I walk, I mean, I walk this out. I walk into the police station, I walk the whole thing out. What you do is you say to the, to the policeman, I've got a, a cannabis joint in my pocket and I want to be arrested, blah, blah, blah. And if they then turn around and say, well, okay, shag off. You, you were in two times, three times yesterday, four times a day before. We have 26 arrests from you already. Feck off. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm just going to have to go outside the door and smoke it then, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm just going to, and, and there's, there's two, I mean, I'm going to and film live streamers. <laughs> I'm live streaming myself smoking a joint outside the cop shop. So, I mean, if that's what you want me to do, okay, if you're not going to arrest me, what do you think I'm going to do? So, yeah. I mean, 
that's no but that's at, at that point have you not won like even outside of smoking and i think smoking at your smoking the evidence that you've won I would make that loading clear. Here I am at the cop station and they're unwilling now to do their job all along when they're you know, they like telling me, that's what they tell me. <laughs> Cops refusing to arrest cannabis smokers. Yeah. Could you imagine? Well, that'd be, that, be that's, that's a win. Like that's the win. Yeah. If, if you got to that point where you broke, like you're basically breaking the Gardaí um, by getting them to that point where they're going to say, look, I'm, I'm sick of arresting you. Jesus, like, all right, you've made your point. And they don't arrest you then at that point that they don't take your cannabis off you um then you i think you've won that that's where we've won that's where you make your case and and this is what they have to be doing with cannabis consumers all along yeah, it's yeah, always I been an argument it's like they, they stop and search at the side of the road look Garrett, i have a bit of cannabis there in my car i'm not consuming it look i'll do your drug or five thousand or, or or whatever sobriety test and um, because obviously that drug or five thousand is a lot of nonsense actually um, but you do whatever sobriety test is required of you, but they shouldn't be bloody, you know, but well, you get it, I'm just doing my job. Well, if they're just doing their job, then you should never encounter that point where they turn around and say, well, actually, I'm sick of arresting you because why weren't they sick of arresting us all along? They're doing it for 50 years. What has it taken to get to the point of one person going in 26 times in a week uh, and presenting themselves? If, that, if that's all it took all along, shit. Or we should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> well, I mean, it won't. It won't. I mean, they, they'll, they'll find a way around it. I mean, the, the guards are flipping. Oh, they will, yeah. They, they're wasting guard of time as well. I mean, I don't I mean, It'd be interesting to see how they react to it, though. Well, I mean, it, it, they can ignore 10, 20 or 30. They can't ignore a couple of hundred people. Who, and yeah. it got so 50,000 is the number you threw out there earlier anyway. So 50,000 is the, uh, the number of cases well, I mean, we have to build up cumulatively uh, within a year period. And if there's 20,000, that's a 10% increase. That's some, you know, again, you're talking, it's not, but if it's, if it's 25% increase in a rate, I mean, it, or ideally you should be going for the full 100,000 like the rest in a year. And, and they, I mean, mm-hmm. if they, unless there's some jurisdiction, some way in law to kind of say, okay, we, we join all these 1,000 arrests into our, into our 200 arrests into one charge, you know, I mean, they, I don't know. They might be. What I think it would really be a good idea to, to speak to a solicitor. I mean, as I said, solicitor is never going to entertain this idea. They're going to just tell no, you no, not to do it. If you can, I, I contacted the guy the other day. There's a very nice old guy. You know, one of, one of, you know, people you meet in country areas. Like, I mean, they, the things they do feel like. I mean, it's yeah. embarrassing. But like, I, I, I was trying to get in contact with a solicitor through him just to bounce the idea off of of, of a civil disobedience uh, t- tactic and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is, it's, a, it's a tactic similar to tactics that they used back in the 1960s in, in the United States to get their civil rights. So, I mean, this is, I, think the, I think it's a valid tactic, but I mean, the state will use whatever power they have against us. I mean, they'd be stupid not to. I mean, of course they will. So if, they, if there's some power that they have that could knock the whole thing on its head in two seconds flat, well, then obviously it's a stupid idea. Forget about it. But I mean, if but if there, well, the, the power that they have is the arrest. He, he could say that there's a you know do you, do you know that he could do this as well? You know, I mean, do, did you know that there you could ask for to speak every time you're going to be arrested that you ask to speak to a certain person and they have to see you if you mm-hmm. go into a station and you say I don't know if such a thing could be nonsense and doesn't exist. But uh, I mean, is there some way that they have to respond to you and have to deal with you within 24 hours? Or, you know, I mean, a solicitor well, no, would know there's nothing like that at all. There's nothing like that at all. There's there's no expedient way of dealing with your case. Like I I deal with cases there on the four twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, it takes over a year before your case goes up. 
like I, I've appealed my case now. I was told I might get a response from them by February. But because they're gone back into level five lockdown now, I think they're doing less cases by the day. So that means I'm going to be waiting even longer. So guys, this yeah. is the time now for civil disobedience. Like is during the level five lockdown, you can go down to your local Garda station. It's obviously going to be within your 5K. If it's not, well, you have a very valid reason for traveling there because you want to engage in a protest, which is your gov- it's your fucking constitution rights to engage in protests. Um, yeah. And this is right social distancing, wear your mask, go to the Garda station, fucking sterilize your hands <laughs> like well, what can they actually say I'm, I'm actually not calling for large gatherings now in, in in this form of protest i'm going to do it on my own pretty much uh, like i did the last time um except the last time i had a group of people with me but they didn't engage in the civil disobedience of handing themselves in which was a missed opportunity but look it, it is what it is it was a learning process and i certainly learned um, I mean, the civil rights people in the states had had, had the same thing. Like, I mean, we we they're, 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 and about twenty years ago, there was groups were involved in in, uh, in civil uh, marches, like things like that, and and there was thousands of people going to these marches. They thought it was going to happen, it didn't work out for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I don't know, but um, uh, the learning process that goes on. Like, I mean, for instance, I mean, one, I met one of the guys that that was involved in that thing back twenty years ago, and they tried to start a political party back then. And he told me something that I had no idea about. He said they, they couldn't form a political party because nobody was paying any dues. That was a major big deal. They, that people were able to join for free, and the registrar in Leinster House said, "That's a kabush. There's no way I'm giving you party official party status because there's nobody paying any dues." So yeah. I mean, there's. There's a learning thing goes on, and and we're not going to be perfect. And 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 the more people that join the Cannabis Access Alliance and decide to get involved, you know, the more people yeah. that are putting in ideas and and Definitely. have their the own experience. The party has a foreman. <laughs> I mean, you'd be amazed. I mean, you could have a, a bit of information about something that happened to you and something that you know, or you might, or or more importantly, you may have connections. To, if you have a connection to with a solicitor, if you're a friend who's a solicitor, you'll be able to. Um, ask that person's advice and, and for the group, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's very like as dem- we demonstrated only half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. How long are we talking about, by the way? I mean, uh, we're getting close going. to the hour there. We might be breaching the hour, it's but like, uh, yeah. Half an hour ago we talking about this and, you know, that's um, about um, two guys talking about legal issues. And if you, you know, I mean, it's like two people deciding on the plumbing, you know, looking at yeah, a car yeah. engine. <laughs> Yeah, as if by osmosis, yeah, maybe the guilty that are on the podcast, maybe <laughs> better. Yeah, well, uh, and Natalie Regan, obviously, fair idea, but she's not, she's not a trial uh, lawyer, she's, she's never not a solicitor yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so. there's different specializations, like, so I mean, yeah, um, she'd say herself that she wouldn't be, she, she, she'd obviously be better than the two of us. Are. <laughs> I uh, certainly would. I, I have no shame in saying that either. Like, uh, I don't yeah, know much I mean, about the law. Like, it's been very good. Natalie's a nice one. Girl. You're fucking the best. Yeah, yeah, no, please. super person. But, you know, I mean, so she'd be wet, but like, even I'm sure she'd admit herself that when it comes to, you know, I mean, they're specialized in cases, you learn case law and mm-hmm. you have to. Oh, law is complex. It's very, like, it's so, a broad I mean, thing. Like, yeah. He did a proper solicitor who knows the Irish court system, who's pled, pled cases and knows what works and what doesn't work, and you know who can advise you on on, on how to how to really put the boot in if you're going to do something. Because <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. you could have a hundred people. I've been up there before in Dublin, marching around to the to the door, like and you know I mean it's um it, it's great to meet people and it's mm-hmm. fabulous day out. Uh, I, yeah. Like cannabis is still illegal, you know. I mean for all the marching that went yeah, on, you know. So you know, I mean. We, I mean, the idea to, of this this activist idea of 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 forcing the system to 
to acknowledge that there are tens and hundreds of thousands of people that, um, that support cannabis legalization and that you can't just keep on arresting us and we're not going to bloom and like the guy network, we're mad as I'm going to take it anymore. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, if, if you can get a couple of hundred people going in once or twice a day and preferably at least twice a day and doing that continuously day in, day out and if that kind of thing gets, I mean, eventually, once you start building up thousands upon, once it gets, they say a thousand, okay, we'll deal with 2,000, 3,000, gets up and up and up. And once this gets, it, it could build up a momentum of its own in the sense that if it gets reported that this is going on, you'll have yeah. people that have never heard of the Cannabis Activist Alliance will turn around and go, well, Jesus Christ, why not? I don't, I can be doing this. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. What have I got to lose by flipping, going down? And well, I, I'm only so one person. Up, I mean, you don't have to do it every day. You could be just like, like yourself, you know, you could do it just once, uh, you know, do it once or twice or three times, you know, which, Ideally, it should be organized. You know, I mean, if you've got a whole, if you've got a, if you've got an alliance of people of activists, then you can keep track of things. You can, um, you can send reports to newspapers. You can be interviewed by newspapers saying we're the, representing all these people, and um, this is how many people that we know. Whatever the statistics you have, these are how many people have told us that they have gone into uh, police stations to be arrested. And you know, I mean, you'd have a. Yeah. I mean, a real convers a national conversation, you know, I mean, it could be the booth that Gina Kenny needs to kind of, because at the moment, as I said, yeah, I'd, there's even people that I know in the, in people for profit who acknowledge it as well, that it's a, it's not a futile exercise. It's a, it's, imp it's historically important. You know I mean? That, that, that is, people yeah. have put this on the record, that, that this part of our history, you know, will be written someday that in 2021, this, again, it was tried and, and yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm no oracle, but I mean, at the same time, I don't see any possibility without being a fall from the gate support that it will go through, you know. We can. So, well, it's, it's, virtually, it's physically impossible, like uh, the way our government is laid <laughs> Like We need the support yeah, of... I mean, like it's not. I don't even think we need Finnafoil Finnegale. It's like the the Green Party actually. If the Green Party, along with everyone else outside of Finnafoil and Finnegale then actually Gina Kelly's bill would get supported. There'd be enough numbers there to support it if everyone else except the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael representatives voted for it. It would get the majority then, actually. Um, but sadly, that that is just, that's, you know, well, I mean, better chance of winning the lotto, I think, of that. <laughs> but, well, I mean, what, didn't one of the Healy Rays <clears throat> vote for uh, um, Ming, Ming's bill back in 2013? On, I, on, I, yeah, on possibly. Show. I can't remember now. You could be right in that, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's, I might be overshoot or I might be over talking something in the sense that um, or, or being too too pessimistic. I mean, is there a chance that all of these independents and all of the and, and the Greens mm. and everybody besides Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael that would pass it? I don't know. That's something yeah, I, I well, I, the Greens have already come out and said that they are not going to be supporting it. But I wonder could mm -hmm. that change? Maybe but who who knows? What but currently as it stands, like uh, I I would kind of agree with you. Um, right now, I I don't see much hope for that, but but I do definitely think um, I'm going to change my own opinion um, quite soon as uh, I engage in some civil disobedience. Uh, I made a commitment that started this year actually um, that I was going to engage in at least one form of civil disobedience protest every month for the next twelve months, um, and that was at least one uh, a month. Uh, we're nearing close to the end of this month now. And uh, I, <clears throat> I haven't gone down to the guard station to engage in one of these uh, civil disobedience. So uh, that day is drawn very close. And uh, it's very interesting that, you know, Kenny called his meeting on the first 
Um, so yeah, it'll be a good way to lead up to Gino Kenny's meeting, some form of publicity stunt. Um, but yeah, it might, might be good to organize it a bit better. <laughs> you know, I mean, it mightn't be a bad idea. I mean, I, I go to Kilrush once, once a week to do my shopping, collect me doll, and if I can ask the guarantee to hurry up when they're arresting me, I could <laughs> get arrested mm. once a week when I'm at it. Like, yeah, um, well, that day took only 10 minutes, so <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, they, they I mean, they. It can take out. They can take a long time to do things. I mean, if you're this kind of civil disobedience, you you know you'd be. They could keep you waiting in the waiting room for a couple. You know, you could be there for hours. Like, oh, they can. They, they can mess around with you if they want. you're dead right. let's say if you're, if you're live streaming this and they do something like that, it would be. It wouldn't be in their favor anyway. It'd be uh, against. It'd work against them. I think uh, pub, public city wise. <clears throat> Well, it, as, I, as I've said about 20 times tonight, I mean, there's, um, people, I mean, there, for years I've been trying to start a political party and to get 300 people to attend a, a, a national conference and to agree on things and elect presidents and people and, and elective party officials, excuse me. And, uh, and uh, there's been very, yeah, I mean, there's people, there's support for the right, but trying to get people to do something, to actually get them involved in particular things and so you say what you need to get the constitution done for that you need to get a few other things prepared so trying to get people to do that never really took off for me so i mean but this cannabis activist alliance is taking off and there's people working week in week out and meeting every tuesday night and on zoom so yeah. like uh, if there's anyone if you're thinking if there's anybody watching this thinking of uh you know would it be is there anything that you can do, you know, to support you in Kenny's bill? And yes, there is. There's this cannabis activist alliance. That's I don't know anybody else. I mean, I know all kinds. There's Hemp Federation Ireland who are, who are doing their thing. There's people in uh, and effectively and Hemp Co-op Ireland yeah. also very effective. And, or for uh, a person unaffiliated with any group, the, the cannabis activist alliance is probably the most welcoming place uh, for the person. Anyone, who did anybody is welcome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're. If, if if there's 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 a group of people out there just wanting to do things and they're looking for more and better ideas and yeah. if you've got one then hop along and and see what how it goes. I mean you don't have to go every week, you know. You yeah. can. No, I've I've gone to a couple of the chats and uh, yeah, it's it's certainly it's it's very good. Um, as long as they stick, they stick to the agenda, it, it's good. <laughs> you know that yourself. <laughs> you kind of go off on a tangent there sometimes. Yeah, 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 it's kind of very. Yeah. It needs. But no, sorry, it needs, it, it needs people that know how to run a meeting. You know, I mean, I was doing it for a few weeks, and uh, I mean, I've never uh, uh, chaired meetings in my life. You know, so I mean, and on Zoom, so I mean, it was a huge learning experience for myself mm. trying to keep up. No, with but it, there's like, a really good community building there, as you said. I went from uh, was it ten or twelve or something like that up to like fifty-five uh, the second week of of doing it. Um, and that's definitely reflective of the the desire out there for people to for change here in in regards to the cannabis policy. It's it's uh, it's something now that that's really needed, and uh, I think uh, we're really at a turning point now. So it's it's time that the, the public kind of get together and uh, and the cannabis community actually get together and gets better organised and better represented. Cannabis activist uh, alliance, excellent that uh, they've now become. A thing thanks to, to yourself, your tireless efforts uh, of well, keep going, and uh, then you know as, as you just keep going, people come along, and uh, you know things evolve. Um, yeah, that no, that, that that's all really good. 
But can I ask uh, John what, what what are you smoking at the moment? <laughs> I seen you puff on something. Home, home brew. What you got? Homegrown. Homegrown grown stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeds or uh, any particular seeds? I haven't. Jeez, I haven't. I used to when I started out. I mean, I did what there are two things you're never supposed to do that I read in Jorge Cervantes' book about how to grow cannabis. One, the number most important thing is you never tell anybody you're growing it. You're not your best friend. <laughs> If you get caught, you're going to always, I mean, it's not in the book, but I figured it out myself. I mean, if you get caught, you don't know who, you, you told some close friend, you don't, you're going, you're going to ask yourself. I mean, yeah. it's go, you're a human being, you're going to ask yourself, did the person, your best buddy, say it to somebody? You know, did he mention it to his wife or yeah. whatever? You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, yeah. You no, know, you trust that person and love the person to the bits. You, you, the, the thought will enter your head. Mm-hmm. And to get around that, you then don't tell anybody. But yeah. the number two most important <clears throat> room that, that I... Which I kept that rule, but I, the, um, the second rule, you don't keep records. You never keep records because I, when I started out, I wanted, I was measuring the height of the plants every week. I was, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I did yeah. everything but but measure the water and by the second. It was like an experiment, and, and it's continued. Like I mean, I've never grown the same thing twice nearly, and I mean, I always, I just want to try different things, like and um, unlike a commercial grower who wants to find the best buck bang for his buck, like so. Um, so, so I, 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 what what that is? No, I, 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 I'd have to look it up on whatever. See, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, the only the only thing I've ever remembered is um that I mean, from all the types I've grown is that there's a type called Dutch Dragon that I what you call it. I, I wrote read it in this um magazine that is supposed to be amazing. I grew it and it is bloody or it was fantastic. I grew it a second time and it wasn't. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So I mean. I definitely would. I mean, after all my years of growing, the only thing I say is Dutch Dragon and uh, is worth growing. And there's another blueberry. I think I grew blueberry. I mean, I got caught with the blueberry. It was the first time I was raided. And something I'd never normally do. I, the, the cops had the plants out in the front, the, out the, um, by my front door. Like, and so I just decided to see, okay, how good were these plants? I put my hand on top of the biggest bud and stuck my hand down on top of the cola, rubbed it along and... Uh, resin on my <laughs> it was um, coated my hand was coated in resin yeah so i flip in so i never tried it I'd, i've never smoked blue blueberry but i tried going it it didn't i didn't get anything like that results when i tried it a second time but um i don't think it's one of the quandaries of of using cannabis as a medicine is that it's it's, it's inconsistency that you you can you can have the same plant you can get different flowers of different parts of the same plant are going to have will they have different thc cbd and terpene levels that's not to mention that you know you could have the same seeds but in the same year but they could you know every plant is slightly different it's i mean it's one of the quandaries for, for medicinal uh, uh, patients i mean one of the things i'm hoping to find out over doing this masters is that um is how consistent people you know medicinal cannabis patients the result is you know, i mean if you go down to your local hemp shop and you get a a, a particular product is it the exact same week after week after week or or does it change totally i mean very yeah I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm down I, to the producer of that really and how well defined their, their practices are. Like even myself, from my own understanding, from the herbal science point of view, there's um, an organization in America anyway that that's, I'm most aware of. I, I can't remember what the, the Irish uh, equivalent might be, but uh, it was the American Herbal uh, Products uh, Regulatory Authority, I think, uh, American... HPRA kind of thing anyway, but um, basically they, they give like well-defined, like a good, har- uh, good uh, agricultural practices, but as well as uh, good harvesting practices. 
because like say something like um oh jesus off the top of my head now i can't think of any really good examples but like some plants you could harvest them in the morning and you could harvest it in the evening and you get two different like uh readings uh, or spectrums of uh whatever from them like the, the morning extract could be ben- more beneficial for sleep while the evening extract actually helps with whatever you know a back pain or something like that um so yeah it, it is definitely important like uh well defined uh, what's that i thought i heard everything i thought i'd heard everything about how how cannabis can vary but... no no I, I wasn't talking about cannabis specifically there i, I was just talking about herbs in in general oh, herbs, right. yeah just herbs and herbal medicines and herbal products like how they're regulated um like if you were a person who was making a product uh you would have it well defined. Uh, you would have your your marker compounds uh, laid out. Um, mm-hmm. So you'd have your specifications there. You'd have uh, uh, maybe an independent lab. It might be in-house testing there. But you're confirming then and keeping record of batches and of things like that. Like in order to ensure consistency of what you just said there, like to, to make sure that patients are getting the same uh, in every week, every other. I presume do. I, I don't. Another thing, uh, part of in the CBD, it's mm-hmm. it's not going on in the CBD currently. Like that, that sort of testing is not going on in the CBD. I, I reckon you could go into the Holland and Barrett now, or some of the other places, and you could probably still find products up there that don't really meet what it is that is said on the label. Um, sometimes it could have too much. Sometimes it could have none. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the CBD is look. Loath though I am to say it, the, there was a raid done in February last year around all the hemp places, uh, all the hemp shops, and they brought in all these products that were being sold and, man, and, and manufactured and sold as CBD products. And the variety, what they found, I mean, nobody, none of us in the, in the cannabis community railed about it, but like, <laughs> the fact is that the, what was being sold as CBD products, there's, it's not been properly regulated. So no. there's just all kinds of, there, there's some stuff that was sold, which was supposed to have CBD. I think it was Holland and Barrett, I'm not certain. Um, what, what that was found to have no CBD at all, yeah. none, zero. And yeah. there's other one, 38% or something. And so it varied a huge amount. I mean, the, it didn't say what it didn't do what it said in the tin, you know, it had some, um, you know, so, so that's the problem. There's been a number of recalls done by the, the FSAI and the HPRA because of products being found with like having too much THC in them. And as you, you just said, there are like products being found with no THC in, or, or no CBD in them at all. Um, so like that, that is very uh, alarming. Um, I wanted to do a project myself back in 2018 uh, for my final year project in uh, the herbal science course. But sadly, I wasn't able to um, just because of freaking. That, that's my project. No, I, I've laid it out for my uh, for, for the course supervisors. Excellent. That, so you're like, going to take products off the shelf and test them? No, no, I, what I'm doing, what I'm hoping to find out, first off, I'm going to talk to a load of can, uh, patients, medicinal patients, and just have a chat with them just to know, or just five or six things I just want to know to to ascertain. Is there, well, I'd love to know, is there a particular strain? You know what I mean? Like, does OG Kush good good for this, 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 and this, and another strain yeah. is good for this? I mean, I know that you can go on any website and they can tell you, this, yeah. they, can have, they have that information, mm-hmm. but I, I've never seen that, that's never been done to my knowledge it's never been done scientifically yeah but you won't be able to do that within ireland you'll have to get those patients from outside ireland would you not uh well i i'm hoping to just uh, as as much well i mean i'm going to cast a broad net and see what comes in but i'll what i'm particularly interested in is talking to people who use the 
le totally legal CBD products at the okay. moment and finding out what is, are they getting what they want? What, I mean, is there a particular strain that they could be getting that's consistent and you know, technical yeah. stuff, stuff that's boring as shag like, but I mean, it's, if, 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 if the needs of CBD patients could can be could be met in Ireland, my proposal would be to, to so set up a, a, a grow facility to grow the, the stuff totally apply to the HBRA for a license for which now CBD only for CBD only. I mean, yeah, but I, why, why would we like even on that now? Why would we set the bar at CBD only and legal? That's the only reason because I could I could. But CBD is is legal, but cannabis is, is not. And if you're going to argue for cannabis to be legal, would you not be argue, would you not be more about royal to argue for the form of cannabis which has been more beneficial to people, which is the more wider spectrum yeah, um, cannabis that has even uh, even just a little bit more THC, like uh, your man with the Charlotte's Web that we were talking about earlier, the Joe Duffy guy. Um, who got raided? That was Charlotte's Web, one percent CBD, one uh, percent THC, but about twenty percent uh, CBD, um, or, or thereabouts. I think it was actually even sixteen percent CBD. Um, but, but like, it, why would we be only growing CBD only? Like, uh, it'd be interesting. Like, is if, if, if I mean, it would be great to do all of that. But like, I mean, I'm only one person, and I can only yeah, yeah. You know, Part of part of my job to, to, to do this master's degree, I mean, involves focusing it on a on a practical project, something that could eventually that has the possibility of being a new business. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if I could do I could do a business plan for a theoretical, which I've done before. I mean, I mean, I did a business plan for how to go outdoors, and I costed yeah, yeah. Them how much money you'd make fortune. Like, yeah. But I mean, it it can it'll never happen because there's um because it's illegal because you'll never get a license to grow THC stuff, uh, THC um rich uh, uh cannabis. Uh, but uh, what it is possible, what it might be possible to do if there's a demand out there. I mean, as, as you're saying, is that most of the patients want THC. They want at least one percent or more. And if there, I I can't. There's no way to, that I can uh, start a business that I could have a um come up with a, a business proposal. Is there not enough CBD on the market currently? Is it like is is the market not flooded with CBD currently? Well, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, that eventually I'm going to talk to help help retailers, and I don't I don't know. I would love to be able to ask them. Well, where do you get your cannabis? That at yeah. the moment, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to do that. If there's any hemp retailers watching, I'm not going to ask you stupid questions that you don't want asked. So, like, um, but I would like to get an idea for what I'm. I would also be asking them. Italy is seems like the, the the most common place that uh, the cannabis or the CBD flowers in Ireland is coming from. Anyway, um, that that I've heard of from some of the the retailers of CBD, um, it seems like Italy is the most common place. Uh, yeah, where the, the the suppliers here have maybe farms out there or are contracted for them. Um, something along those lines, and because Italy allow like uh, better strains to be grown over there, uh, and they've obviously got a better climate for it as well. Yeah, the, yeah, they have a climate for. I mean, I've often thought it would mm. be if we legalize cannabis, we should, we should be all importing it from Morocco. Like, I mean, those guys have been growing it for a thousand years, like or more, and uh, they produce the most gorgeous hashish that I mean, I've yeah, that's more. That something, all right? Yeah, Morocco. I mean, I, mean, I didn't yeah, a couple of reasons there. Sorry, no. no Morocco, the Le the Lebanon. Uh, the, there's a couple of regions that come to mind that are like uh, well known, mm. um, for for cannabis. Like even Jamaica would be another. Uh, uh, one. Like you know, over the years they they've always been attributed to it. Um, but but like really logistically, when when we look at it, 
um is, is it not best to, to kind of have it produced here if it's like uh, we, we look at like ireland local, really yeah, yeah. um i mean like, like your local brewery you could have your local cannabis grower and your local who sells it goes down to the uh who, who might have his own shop down or she excuse my sexism I'm, i was brought up in the 60s uh, yeah before. yeah but anyway um all excuses <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I mean, you, you can have locally grown like a, like a like a micro breweries and things like that i mean if, and if that doesn't happen there's like people i'm sure like yourself who who are very wary of of the corporate takeover of cannabis in Ireland, like happened in Canada, you know, that uh, make it all balls. I mean, they had a great idea and they thought, you know, they they, they go the extra mile and, and turn it into go from completely illegal to corporate America instead yeah. of going. Well, we've that currently going on with like CBD. Yeah, I, I, like you have a lot of people getting involved, like, uh, excuse me. <coughs> you have a lot of people getting involved in the CBD industry um and they won't even talk about cannabis at all they won't mention cannabis they'll only talk about cbd they'll talk about hemp um but they won't even mention the word cannabis um like and shout out to little collins like in fairness to them that they've kind of stepped up their their game there in uh in recent months and uh they're they're really challenging uh the, the government here um, but but there's other companies out there and they're just jumping on the bloody bandwagon. I even talked about a, a herbalist there uh, in, in a recent interview. With, well, I don't know, was it with Natalie? Um, but but basically, like she she started holding CBD courses uh, oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. a week or so after telling me how bit, bit, about about a month or two actually after completely disregarding what question I had towards her on cannabis. Like she just like literally hopped on the bandwagon. It just goes how, how how quickly things can happen. Like I mean, as, as Natalie said during that interview, once the stigma is taken away, once the once you can once people don't feel justified anymore in in, and how can you respect those people after that though? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it it, it you it's, know, it's, it's like a, it's like a racist all of a sudden turning around and being, you know, so now the racism is totally outlawed. Or yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know they, at all. Like, they're it's, no color people, like you know, I mean, they're. I mean, I just so many people within our own community who, who don't want to speak out for fear of being targeted. Like, I, I don't know, like, but to think about it, like if you're walking down the road and you're in a group of people and one of you gets attacked or something and like you don't want to speak out in case you get attacked in as well. Like, is, is that really good as a group of people? If we all spoke out together, then there's no fear of us all being attacked. But if it's like one person gets attacked and only one person speaks out in, in, in support of that person, then yeah, of course that person isn't more vulnerable to being attacked. But if there's a hundred people speaking out, like, like, you know, this is what's been missing in our movement is we're not fucking united. Like we're, we're so divided. Um, like you, you see, you see so many cases go in and out of the court case and there's nobody there supporting them. Like, where, like, I, why am, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? Like, that, that I can't just accept that my crime was a crime and just accept my punishment and get on with it. Why am I challenging it? Like, why isn't there more people like me well, I mean, <laughs> or, or I, yourself, like John? <laughs> it's been, it's been 60 years. We've been brought up for, brought up with it. I'm, I'll never forget when I was a, a, a flipping 10 year old watching this program during the, I won't tell you about it because you won't believe me because you won't believe the programs I want to make. But I mean, I, long story short, I was absolutely, as a seven, 10 year old, against drugs. Drugs were off dirty something. I don't know what it was. There were just something wrong with drugs. I mean, yeah. drug dealers and the cop shows. I mean, we're just brought up with it. And, 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 and 
to go from that to saying, hold on a second, this is not to try to tell a person who's brought up like that, who's been lied to their whole entire lives, mm. that they're, you know, that, that about drugs are bad and, 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 and to find out, no, they're not, they're the most fantastic therapeutic tool, blooming that we've nearly ever found these people with all these terrible ailments, like, but, um, Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't think it, it, it's too big a leap for so for, for for many people, and 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 it has so. I mean, even the word narcotic. I mean, all that means is sleep inducing. Mm. I mean, if you ask yourself any person, don't you stopped anyone with a, your clipboard, walked down the street, and you said the word narcotic, is that a you know is that good or a bad thing? They immediately oh narcotics. You know what I mean? There's a narcotics division, in the, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the, the narcotic is a brilliant thing. I mean, geez, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. I mean, if you ever had to do it on sleep for a couple of nights, you you know, I mean, some, if, if you, I mean, I, I get a bit of yeah. insomnia and I just can't yeah. sleep and have to get up and, I mean, uh, it, it, right, yeah. oh, it, it, it's brutal. But I mean, so, I mean, we, we, we're, we, we've been brainwashed. I mean, I think yeah, most of us have for whole lives, you know, like, I mean, yeah. and, and to, you know, there's a bit of all cognitive dissonance there. I mean, if you've been bra- to to go, I mean, if you present someone with an argument that 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 is which is goes against their their belief system, they will go to any kind of lens to support their belief system before they. You know, you, it's it's like I'm, I might have said this before. Like, I mean, that it's it's like trying to tell someone who's afraid of dogs that you know logically that canine is less than twenty centimeters tall. Its teeth are only this size. You know, they're mm-hmm. less than millimeters it probably won't even bite through your clothes i mean yeah. even if, even if it did it wouldn't you know and plus this dog is, has never ever attacked anybody ever in his entire life i mean the person who's afraid of dogs who's had told you know it's still going to behave like it, it's t-rex no, <laughs> no logical argument you can make you know you, yeah. you just slowly acclimatize them to it so i mean like a spider yeah. or something like that. so i think that's a, that's part of on with COVID nineteen. You know, I mean, I was thinking it'd be a great idea if you could, call, if you was able to, call, if you were able to call around to to people who were interested in smoking cannabis and trying and see what it was like. You know, that would be great to surreptitiously if you could do that without. You know, I mean, it'd be a great way to let people know. I mean, they'd pass on the information that they, you know. But I mean, yeah. as I said, with all the stigma attached to it over the last sixty years since the UN Convention in nineteen sixty one, and the sixty years since then, there's so much stigma attached to it that people like. Um, People just don't want to be associated. I mean, it's, it's, I remember years ago, um, there was this guy t- telling me, oh, telling me he was on some program like the Joe Duffy show, and he was talking about he he, he was a, he was a cabbie in I think it was Derry, and he there was this girl got into the back of his uh, his, his car, and they got in, she got in, she started giving him crap, and she then tossed up her hair and tore her clothes, and she said, "I'm going to report you tried to rape me," and he what she didn't know is that he had a tape recorder in his top pocket and pressed the record button. So that, I mean, he, she went into the, he said, okay, drove her off to the police station. And then the policeman came out and said, have you anything to say before I uh, arrest you? And uh, he said, hold on a second, before you do that, do you mind listening to that there? I've been rec- I recorded the whole thing. And he listened to it and he said, do you want to put any charges against this person? And he said, no, because if I do, <laughs> what will happen is that six months down the line, when this is all over, all people are going to remember is that he was involved in a sex case. And they don't, you know, I mean, the details of what went on will be for, you know, and, and yeah. so I think cannabis is like that in the sense that if someone gets, if the, even if the guardian are at their house over drugs or over cannabis, that they're immediately, people are going to be wary of them, you know. There's, oh, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, yeah. Goes along with that, that you're, you're, yeah. you're. Oh, my God, then, what are neighbours thinking? <laughs> well, you're open season then for the guardian, like, I mean, yeah. they're, I mean, people 
realize like that you know i mean that time that i got stopped uh in in uh in a couple of days after christmas day there was um there was a guy in the back of the car who was obviously pissed off after being kicked out of the drug squad he was in the drug squad which is a great you can carry on flipping gun when you're in drug squad like you know so right. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of men like that kind of thing you know to be honest and uh he was there in the back of a van, and you know, I mean, back. I don't know why he, he wasn't a very, he wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't a very nice guy, you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, he was pissed off. And he said, Hey, I could see him pointing at me when they were coming down the road. I mean, he obviously said to them, like, that this is the person who might have, you know, there was a, we'd stopped him for uh, cannabis, or we got him for cannabis one time. And, you know, uh, so like, they, if you're, if, if you're known to, you know, I mean, this infamous expression, you hear it on the news every night, known to the Gardaí, you know, oh, I mean, if you're Gardaí. known to the Gardaí, that's, yeah. that, you know, that's uh, it's a black mark against you, you know, it is, socially yeah. wise. So. Yeah, even anyway, in court, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm talking, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to be... Oh, no, no, you're, you're, you're dead right, John, yeah. Um, definitely, I, no, I think no, that's, no. A, that's a good point to be closing on there almost at that point. Um, but but last final shout out just uh, again to the to the cannabis activist alliance. Um, just if yeah, people yeah, want to get involved yeah. with them, um, it's yeah. cannabis activist alliance but, on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Well, I mean this. I mean this year, there's the bill there. There's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I I would say zero at the start, but I mean, um, I think your optimism is rubbing off. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, could the Greens yeah. be turned around? Could the rest of the people there say, hold on a second, you know, medicinal cannabis? I mean, it, it, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I mean, big, you need a major big impact, one major big Im- impact. If, if you want, if if there's people out there that, that, that are only just casually involved in activism and are casually involved in supporting um, activism and they're only, you know, wouldn't really think about it. If you, if, I mean, if you're following the, the medicinal cannabis stories, what the, the, the real lives of, the real life experiences of people that need cannabis, not like myself, I lost a hundred grams and boohoo, you know, I mean, yeah, fair enough, yeah. you know, I mean, but yeah, compared to somebody like, uh, who needs it, who has a fucking terrible need for it. And uh, I mean, if, if, if you're familiarize yourself with only just a few of those stories, you and, and unless you're a sucker for a punishment, that's all you can, you'll probably be able to take. Uh, then this is a great opportunity. I mean, take the gloves off or, or come out of the closet, you know, <laughs> come out of the closet. And I mean, you're, you're talking about it's online cannabis Activist alliance. It's a private group. I mean, if you search for it, you won't get, um, you won't find it. You have to be invited. So if you know Martin, they're getting in touch with him. Yep. Drop me a DM. I'll start them out. Yeah. He'll be able to invite you to go because this is a private page. There's no one on that place. Play, I mean, otherwise the guardia free reign to mod to, to monitor whoever's yep. saying what, like, this is a, this is a private thing. And well, <laughs> So as far as I know, there's no guarantee you've been invited. In yeah. I mean, <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> I mean, that you you take a look at who's members and you, I think you'd yeah. be fairly yeah. happy. That that's well, look, not that's, that's not fair getting in the way of this. Like, that, don't be fearful. Like, even if the guarantee are in there. Yeah. Just well, don't be fearful. Like, well, what are we actually doing? Like, it's we're not actually setting up a, a, a drug dealing facility or anything like that. We're setting up a, a people's movement. Um, yeah, people's yeah. movement that's seeking to end the prohibition that's going to do away with this sort of thing that's like uh, currently our guardi are going on fucking snapchatting out the target drug dealers in fairness there's rapists well, I mean, and murderers out there and our guardi are out there on snapchat trying to find a bloody 17 year old who's selling bloody cannabis jellies come on in, in fairness well, I mean, like so get out there join the cannabis I mean, activist alliance and, and fight for this fucking bill there's all kinds of reasons, but but I mean, one major good reason, I mean, I, I'm focused on 
a section of the medicinal cannabis community that I think I can help. It'd be great if I could do with something else, but like this is something if you're not involved in the activist alliance, most years you can say, well, it, there's nothing happening. You know, they're going to have a 420, they might have a few marches. There's a bill happening this year, it could happen. There's a yeah. chance. I mean, most years there's no bloody forget about it. We didn't have it and, in the last and, seven years. It was 2013 was the last bill. Well, so I mean, this is a this, yeah. I mean, if you want to come out of the closet and take the take the take the chance. I mean, as I say, Canamax Alliance is a private group, so you're very well protected there anyway. Your advice, your opinions, your contacts, somebody like I was saying, uh, 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 if you knew a solicitor or if you are a solicitor, solicitor or, or not, any other ways. I mean, if you're involved in the hemp community and you also support this, then you're the Cannabis Activist Alliance. And, and there's, there's things that, I mean, it doesn't have to just be the Medicine and Cannabis Bill. There could be things happening in the hemp world that you're involved in that, yeah. that, that a, a group there could, uh, well, they, they might, they're, they're people they're meeting every week. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much, how often the other groups that you're involved in the hemp world are meeting. So this is a chance to put your, Used forward Tuesday and, nights again, isn't it? At a yeah. night, Tuesday night, um, they, they meet on like Zoom or, or, or I think they've switched platforms. <coughs> look, um, get in touch with me anyway if you want an yeah. invite. And um, John, thank, thanks very much again for uh, taking the time out this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we, we aim for an hour, but look, we've, we've gone over only by maybe 30, 40 minutes. Sure. And there you go, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, John O'Regan of uh, the Cannabis Activist Alliance and hopefully someday Ireland's Cannabis Party. Um, I, I know John has uh, the court cases coming up in February and April, so I will certainly stay in close communications with him as we get closer to those dates. And I'll report back to you here um, if there is any updates with them. Um, so again, thanks very much to, to John O'Regan. And guys, if, uh, if you do want to get involved in that uh, Cannabis Activist Alliance, don't hesitate to get in touch and I will make sure that uh, you get invited into that group. Um, so thanks again, everybody, for uh, tuning in to today's episode of Martin's World. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay blazed out there, guys, and keep our lit.